I want us to read this declaration, and I want us to read it like we mean it. If you're a child of God, your past is past. If you're a child of God, your future is bright, right? Well, listen. Sometimes I think we're trying to convince ourselves instead of convincing the world. Up there. My past is past. My future is bright. God's promises are true and his word is sure. With God as my helper, I will be all he wants me to be. Do all he wants me to do. Receive all he wants me to receive. And I will give God the glory he deserves. Amen. Today I know each and every child of God wants to give God glory. But God wants to get glory out of you. And in order for us to give God the glory that he deserves, my friend, we need to know that he lives in us. We need to know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And when you know and realize that, and when you're aware of that, my friend, I want you to know you'll realize you are somebody. You will also realize your past is past. Satan wants to bring it up. God says, I covered it under the blood. I cast it as far as the east is from the west. I don't even remember it. Your future is bright. Why? Because <laughs> Satan knows he may come at you, but he can never get you. He can never redeem you back. He can never do that. Why? Because the blood is still applied. Because you have that one that greater is he as I said that's in you than he that's in the world. I'm going to read today out of the book of Luke. The book of Luke, the 22nd chapter. And I want to just read a couple of verses here. Starting about midway through verse 31, Luke 22. Luke 22. If you do not have your Bibles, listen very closely. Jesus is speaking. And Jesus says to you and I today, Satan hath desired to have you. Satan hath desired to have you. Once again, you need to tell Satan, my past is past. (laughs) That does not mean Satan still won't come after you. (laughs) Satan will try to rob you of your joy. He knows he cannot rob you of your inheritance. But he will try to rob you of your joy. He will try to uh, make you uh, focus more on the circumstances than the creator. He will make you focus more on your trial than the one who's going to bring the triumph. He'll make you focus on things that will take your eyes off of Jesus. Satan has desired to have you and he desires to have you and he will come at you in many and many a way. Satan has desired to have, uh, yeah, you get that? He's still desiring to have you. He's still desiring to buffet you, to come at you, to get you to a place of distress and depressed. 
And when he can get you at that place, he knows you will no longer for that moment of time be a power for God. So don't focus on your circumstances. Jesus was telling Peter this, Simon, he calls him. He was telling him this, and we know that, but he's telling you and I the same thing. Satan has desired to have you. Listen, Satan has desired to have you that that he may sift you as wheat. (laughs) That he may sift you as wheat. He wants to see what he can do to you. He wants to see what you're made of, in other words... Satan wants to see what you're made of. And you know the difference between the wheat and the chaff. He tells us in another parable, the chaff, there's nothing in it. He wants to see if there's something in you. That's why Satan is desired to have you. He wants to attack you. He wants to see if there's something in you. And if there's something in you, my friend, he's going to find that he can't go any further. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So Satan will come at you to see if you're all talk, huh? To see if you have something in you. Listen, when Jesus Christ saves you, he puts his Holy Spirit in you and he gives you power to tread on serpents, to do all things because greater is he that's in you. I I ain't even got to my focus yet, but listen, it's coming. He desired to have you. He wants to see what you're made of. Do you know what you're made of today? How do you know unless you're tempted and tried? How do you know unless you're tested? Right? What are you made of today? (laughs) Listen here, this vessel's been made new. Listen here, I may have just been a a piece of clay from the dust of the earth, but when Jesus saved me, I mean, he changed this old earthen vessel and he put something in this earthen vessel that desires a heavenly kingdom. What are you made of today? Huh? What are you made of today? Are you a child of God? You need to know your past is past and you need to know your future is bright. And when Satan comes at you, you just need to start praising his high and holy name because you can laugh at him. Because you know, when you realize the power you have, I'm not saying that he has because why? Because God said in his word, he gave you this power. When you realize the power you have in Jesus' name, through the blood of Jesus, when you realize you have the power, you can say to that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. You can say to that demon, be thou removed and cast out of here. You can say that whatever adversity is coming your way. Listen, you either need to leave or you need to realize God has already whispered sweet peace to me. God has already said it's going to be all right. Let me get that he may sift you as wheat. Satan wants to know what you have. Satan wants to realize it. Satan wants to know if what you got is what you got. You see, on the outside, everybody looks the same. But it's with the inside is where the grain of wheat is. It's on the inside that, my friend, is where God put that. And my friend, if it's on the inside, it needs to come outside. And if it comes outside, Satan will know what it is. 
He said, wow, okay, I'm getting now to more of my point. Jesus says, but I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. That thy faith fail thee not. That thy faith fail thee not. My friend, I want to tell you something. When your faith meets the opposition, your faith is just as strong as you allow it to be. Your faith is just as strong as you rely on it. They may tell you it can't be done, but they don't know what God can do. Things may tell you that I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's listen, it's not what you're going to do. Sometimes we need to just let go and let God. They may tell you everything you have is going to be gone, and you can say, my father owns a cattle of a thousand hills, and all that he has is mine. I've got a little small plaque on my desk back there. (laughs) And I set it on my desk for a reason. So often when somebody comes back in my office and we want to talk maybe one-to-one and they're going through a hard time and they tell me what it is they're going through and I just take that little plaque and I kind of put it in the corner of the desk and I just angle it right to them. And it says, if he brings you to it, he will bring you through it. I want you to know something. Satan has desired you to have you that he may shake you. (laughs) But the foundation you stand upon (laughs) cannot be shaken. You need to know who you are. You need to know whose you are. You need to realize who you are. Jesus said, for these reasons, I have prayed for you that your faith fail you not that your faith fail you not wow (laughs) to know that Jesus would say I prayed for you Nick I prayed for you Glenn I prayed for you Judy to know that he'd say that I'm going to tell you what but that's exactly what he does he makes intercession on our behalf Does he not? He's showing here his greatness and his power. He's wanting us to know and to realize that. And the Bible tells us that he be not far from every one of us. And in him we live and move and have our being. Over in Acts 17, I'm not going there. But he's right there with us. When you go through the valley... (laughs) What's he tell us? Is it Psalms 40? When you go through the fire, you'll not be burned. You'll pass through the waters. They'll not overflow you. Why? Because I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name and thou art mine. My friend, we need to know who we are. We need to know who was within us. He knew who Peter was. And he knew what Satan was going to try to do to him. And he went on to say, and when thou art converted, when thou art converted, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. In other words, when you go through this valley, when you go through this trial, you got a faith face. My friend, when you go through that, and Jesus never told us we wouldn't go through them, right? Matter of fact, he said we would. 
But when you go through that, guess what? You're going to be able to strengthen your brother. You're going to be able to strengthen yourself. Why? Because once again you face Satan. (laughs) And my friend, at the end of the day, at the end of the battle or whatever, you can sing another victory song. That's what it's about. Talking today about God, how he's shown his greatness and his power. How he shows it. He shows us his greatness, his power through creation, doesn't he not? Think about this. God has this little ball we call the earth. 75% of it's water. And he has this huge round one we call the sun. And this little ball full of water goes around this great big ball of fire. (laughs) And the fire can't get it. Huh? You see what I'm saying? And then... He has this other ball about this size and he puts it up there and we call it the moon and the moon tells the seas and the oceans of all the world when to come out and when to go back in. The ebb and tie the flow. That's his creation. That's his creation. If God can do that alone, I'd want to follow him, wouldn't you? That's his greatness of creation. God shows us who he is through his word. My friend, when you look at his word and we see how it's been true and how it's, how it's lined up uh, one right after the other and how his word is alive forevermore. He looks at his word. He, he shows us his greatness and his power through changed lives. We're saved for a purpose. We're here for a reason. If we're not here for a reason, when God saved us, he'd have called us home right then. He wants to show his greatness and his power through changed lives. Skylar, stand up a second. I don't mean, yeah, I do mean to put you on the spot. Stand up a second. Young man here a few years ago will tell you that he was doing drugs of all sorts. Stealing and doing everything he possibly could for the next high. (laughs) Then he found something worth living for. Something worth dying for. I'm proud of you, young man. Sit down and have a seat. And I'm going to tell you something. (laughs) That's a changed life. That's a changed life. Your life doesn't have to go through the pits of drugs and alcohol or whatever. When God comes in and changes your life, all things are passed away. All things become your new creation in Christ Jesus. My friend, show the change that God has made in your life. Show the change. He does all these things, but one of the greatest, one of the greatest ways... Jesus said, but I have prayed for you. And this is where it's all come from. One of the greatest ways that I believe God shows his great power for us today is through answered prayers. One of the ways that God shows his greatness and his power is through an answered prayer. My friend, I'm going to tell you something. We should have stories. We should have stories after stories after stories of how God has answered our prayers. 
I'm going to tell you something. I don't know how this is going to be working out, but we're going to have a a wall here somewhere. And it's going to be prayers up there that you are praying for. And then it's also going to be prayers on another place, how he has answered your prayers. It's just coming. I don't know. I'll give you more as I get it. But we're going to do that. Okay? We're going to do that. And it might be on this wall right here. I don't know. But you're going to bring in a prayer request on a piece of paper. And you're going to write it down. And you're going to put it wherever we designate. And you're going to put it there. And when I walk by on a Wednesday afternoon or Friday morning or whenever I'm over, I'm going to see it. I'm going to stop and I'm going to pray. And when you walk by or when you leave before his church services up, you're going to remember that. You're going to stop and you're going to pray. And guess what? When two or three are gathered together in my name and prayer starts to go up, guess what? Glory hears. Heaven hears. And guess what? We're going to start seeing that answer, that prayer over there, go over here to the answer prayer side. We're going to start seeing those papers move from one place to the other. Listen here. Jesus said, I prayed for you. We've got a big God. Why don't we pray big prayers? Huh? Pray big prayers. Pray big prayers. Listen here. Answered prayers. That's the key. You want your prayers answered, you need to get, you need to be in a life of prayer. I want to tell you something I've been praying for. I, I, I'm going to open it up and tell you this right now. I mentioned it, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, and quite honestly, I didn't even realize someone come up to me afterwards and gave me a name. I've been praying for revival here at Grace. But may I tell you something? May I tell you something? Revival will not happen until you find your prayer closet. Revival will not happen until you're able to go to prayer and your prayer begins with praising God and then your prayer says, search my heart, O Lord. See if there be any unclean thing in me. And when you search your heart and God says, this is what you need to take care of, my friend, then you'll be a vessel unto honor and then he'll use that vessel to move those prayer requests from that side to this side. You understand what I'm saying? We want to have revival. My friend, you can't start with revival. You got to start with prayer and you got to start with the solitude of prayer and then you got to come together in a community of prayer and then you got to pray together on one reason for one reason and one purpose and when you do that my friend we're in one mind and one accord that's what we need to do today because when God answers prayer it's like he's putting the fingerprints of God on your prayer God's heard God's taken care of my friend how important is that David said in Psalms 55 or in Psalms 3 and verse 5 my voice shall thou hear in the morning O Lord in the morning I will direct my prayer unto thee and I will look up Psalms 5 and verse 3 he said my voice shall hear your my prayer my voice shall hear my prayer and in the morning I will pray unto thee and I will look up and you know what we often do in the morning and tell me this ain't true now, we may get up and pray, and I know I do that. You probably, But what do we do? Instead of looking up to God, we're looking out to the day and trying to figure out how we're going to get this done, what's going to happen. And we're already starting our doubt. We're already starting the, my, this is going to be a rough day. We're already starting, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get everything done. We're already putting a negative where God has already put a positive. 
We're already looking out instead of looking up. Because when we look up, we'll know that he's already been that way and he's already made the way straight. He's already made it way, way, the way clear. That's what we need to do. Of a morning when you pray, you just look up and say, God, I'm not looking what the day holds. I'm just knowing that wherever I go, you're going to be with me. Whatever needs to be done, I'm going to be there to hear your counsel. Whatever I face, I know that you're going to supply my response. My friend, that's what prayer is about. Do we pray that way? David went on in Psalms 55 and 17, and he said, Evening and morning and noon, I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Psalms 55, 17. So pray. Pray and thank him for all that he's provided. How many of you got wet last night in the rain? Yeah, thank him, Lord. Thank him. Uh-huh. Thank you, Lord. Uh, there's people here, listen. There's people here in this city that got wet, no doubt, last night in the rain. But God, you put a shelter over my head. You gave me a blanket to lay under. You see what I'm saying? Start thanking him for the way he's made. My friend, when you start thanking him, you're going to start seeing that God has already got you back. You're going to start seeing that God has already blessed you in so many ways. And if you have the worst of worst days, you're having a blessed day. Then we go on down and we see that, how important that it is. Because listen, there is not an issue that we're facing that prayer cannot change. There's not an issue you face in your life that when you take it to prayer, prayer can't make a difference. I'm not saying a prayer will answer it the way you want it to be. Prayer will make a difference. Sometimes he makes the difference in how you see it like it to be. Sometimes the difference is made in you. To give you peace, to accept that this is how it is for now. Understand that. Prayer, my friend, the greatest power that God wants to show his children and wants his children to show the world is the power of an answered prayer. When our prayers get answered, we need to let it be known. When God has done great things in our lives, we need to be letting it known. Listen, Abraham, we read in the Old Testament, was a man, a man who lived by faith. But I want to tell you something. He was guided by prayer. Abraham was a man who lived by faith, but he was guided by prayer. The Bible says when God told him to do this, he prayed. He prayed. God told him to do that, he prayed. And the next morning, he told Isaac, come on, let's go. Man of faith, but he was guided by prayer. Isaac, his son, when when Isaac turned 40, his wife Rebecca was barren and couldn't have a child. You know what Isaac did? Now, Isaac just prayed. Genesis 25, 21, I believe. Isaac prayed and he said, he prayed that his wife Rebecca might have a child. Guess what? (laughs) And she conceived. Same verse. Greatest powers in the power of an answered prayer. You know what? I'm standing before you today as a result of an answered prayer. You're here today, no doubt, as a result of answered prayers. 
the greatest power you can ever think of. I mentioned Isaac. What about Nehemiah? We've studied, talked about Nehemiah before. You know, everybody was against Nehemiah. You feel like that? Well, guess what? He rebuilt those walls with God's help in 52 days. He did the unthinkable was done. My friend, that's God answering prayer. You understand? Elijah, we know he prayed that the fire fell and would fall. And guess what? It fell. Showed the prophets of Baal, right? What about Hannah? Prayed for a son. She said, Lord, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you. <laughs> prayed, Lord, there he is. You're saying me right back, God. Right? Yeah. What about Daniel? Prayed three times a day when the government said, you don't be praying three times a day only to the king. Huh? The government said, you don't pray. And Daniel didn't stir. He didn't stay away from the window either, did he? <laughs> he went to the window where the, open, where the window was open and he prayed. And they said, well, we're going we're to take that power away. And guess what? He continued to pray. We know that story. He was put in the den of lions and he's the one that slept. The king didn't. But my friend, I want you to know something. Throughout the scripture, wherever it might be, we read the power of answered prayer when Jesus was in the garden, when Jesus went away uh, to himself uh, before he uh, called and chosen his disciples. He went away and prayed that whole night in prayer. When Jesus was in the garden, he prayed, not my will, but thine be done. Matter of fact, in Matthew 6, when he taught that model prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's telling us today that if we want to pray and if we want those answers prayer, we need to believe that because there are people today uh, that spoke a prayer and you are the result of their answered prayer. There are prayers today that you haven't had answered and don't give up on them. And I don't care how long you prayed, there will come a time. You don't ever give up on God. You give up on God, that's when Satan is going to sift you as wheat. You might say, well, he's sifting now, Pastor. I'm, no, I'm going to tell you, he said, believe me, he's sifted me a lot this last six months too, but I want you to know something. All he's reminded me is he's sifted me, uh, brother, is who I am. That's what he's done. He's reminded me of who I am. There was a time I could care less. Man, let me be honest. I even had to share that with him. There was a time I could care less about myself. <laughs> God had to say, now, wait a minute. (laughs) That's not who you are. Answered prayer. When have you thanked God for an answered prayer? When has he answered a prayer? My friend, he's allowed you to walk today. (laughs) He's allowed you the glory of walking in here. Huh? Yeah. What about you today? I want to tell you, we're going to come to a close just here in a minute. There's something about a prayer that you hold fast to. Because when you pray that prayer and you hold on to it and God answers, my friend, I'm going to tell you something. Just once again, like I said, shows you the fingerprints of God all over your life. There's something about bringing your prayer request together. (laughs) Lifting a person up in prayer. 
And when that prayer is answered toward that person, we all rejoice. Well, I'm going to end it with this. How is your prayer life? How is your prayer life? Is your prayer life done quickly like a drive through window? Or is your prayer life used in case of emergency, pray? Or is your prayer life like Moses, he prayed as when he talked to God as a friend. You know what I mean? Brother, when you go to pray, do you have to kind of remind God who you are? God, you know me, and God, you know. God knows all about you. But may I tell you something? If Satan can silence your prayer, your prayer life, if Satan can tell you that now I lay me down to sleep or God is good, God is great, thank you for the food we eat. If he can tell you that that's enough prayer out of your life, my friend, Satan has you right where he wants you. But have you ever thought about just getting away, away from anything and everyone, and just praying, talking to God? Starting out by just thanking him. Just thanking God. See, you're focusing on your circumstances, and God says, no, I want you to focus on me. I want you to focus on me, because why? Peter's focused on the circumstances, and he began to sink. But when he was focused on Jesus, he was doing just what he needed to do. Listen here today. When your prayer life is one that people can call you because they know you're a prayer warrior. Why do we mention these names today that we have mentioned? Centuries, centuries have passed, but they are still being remembered because they were in the legacy, they've left the legacy of powerful prayers. What about you? What about you? Do you pray? Or is your prayer only asking God what you want or what you'd like to have? I'm going to challenge you as I close. I'm going to challenge you this week to spend time in prayer just praising God for who he is. Nothing else. Nothing else. Praising God for who he is in your life. That's it. And then it'll come, Lord, I need this in my life. Lord, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm weak. God, this is what I've got in my life that should not be. You see, because when you get to that place you need to be, God's going to reveal. Your heart's going to be opened. But listen, he is praying for you because Satan is sifting you. Jesus Christ is praying, making intercession for you. That when you get through this trial, as he was telling Peter, when you get through this trial, you will be a strengthened, be strengthened and can strengthen another. What about you today? We're going to close. You're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Well, I'm going to tell you something. 
Satan don't mind if you come to church. Satan don't mind if you sit to Sunday school or even sing the songs. But when God starts speaking to your heart, Satan's going to try to tell you, not today. Not today. No. Not today. Satan doesn't number your days. God does. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I invite you to come. And I'll have a deacon. I'll have myself if you want me to. We'll pray with you. You're here today, and your prayer life is about as weak as it can get. Satan's sifting you pretty good. But Jesus is praying that you come out on the other side. You do that today, right now, as we stand. Remember, if you want revival, this is how revival will have to start. The way I see it right now, if we start the prayer today, we're at least 60 days from revival. Why? Because everybody ain't going to catch on right away. We need to pray. Right? We shouldn't be, but that's just how I feel. If you need to come, I want you to come right now. Whatever you need is. That scripture says Satan has desire to have you. Guess. No, you don't need to guess. Know who has you. Satan is desired to have you, but remind yourself who has you. And he is not letting you go. No one is able to pluck you out of his hand. No one. Satan might want to have you, but Christ has you. Nothing else? Thank you all for being here. We'll ask Brother Nick to dismiss us in prayer.